On today's show, we take an early look at the Calder Trophy race for the 2022-23 season, the latest NHL prospects news from all over the league, and a look at five early steals from the 2022 draft. All that and more today on Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On NHL Prospects podcast. My name is Hattie Kalakesh. I am a scout and prospect analyst on multiple platforms, including this one, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Now, today we're going to take a look at the college trophy race, an early look at the race uh, from the perspective of the last uh, 10-ish games that have been played across the board, across all NHL teams. We're going to take a look at players like Matty Benier, Shane Pinto, uh, Dylan Gunther, players who have had very, very good starts to the season and who have set, them, set themselves up to uh, be in the running for the Calder Trophy. Uh, after that, we'll take a quick look at uh, some Latest news all around the league uh, from Trevor Zegers is fine for for what was a pretty dangerous act uh, to Marco Rossi's first NHL point. And then we're going to take a look at five early steals from the 2022 draft all coming up uh, in the next uh, few segments of this podcast. So let's get right into it. Um, we'll take a look at the uh, Calder Trophy race and who I think are the five players who are the most likely to end the season as Calder Trophy winners based on their start and based on how they've been doing so far. So I'm going to start with a player that I think has set themselves up the most uh, and the best in order to win that trophy. And that's Matty Beniers uh, of the Seattle Kraken. Five goals, four assists for nine points in 11 games. Uh, seven of those nine points have come at even strength. He's been driving play at five on five. He's been playing at a high pace. He's often been the lead play driver on his line. So he's not really relying on his teammates to drive the puck up the ice towards the offensive zone and create chances once he's there. Uh, his expected goals for percentage is at 52.25%. Anything above 50% is going to be a very good metric. Um, that means that the rookie is driving play positively. His team is getting more uh, expected goals for than against when he's on the ice. And he's been averaging 17 minutes and 35 seconds of average time on ice, um, which is it's it's a bit funny given uh, his teammates situation, which we'll get to later. Uh, Shane Wright's not been playing a lot. Um, what I also really like about Matty Beniers is he has taken zero penalties so far in these 11 games, and he's drawn four uh, penalties. So he's been doing good in terms of the penalty differential, staying out of the box and and uh, doing the right things to get opponents into the penalty box and give his, his team an opportunity on the power play. Um, so he's been playing really well. His faceoff percentage is at 39%, which honestly isn't bad for a first NHL season. Um, I feel like Matty Beniers can be a very, very solid player for many years to come for the Kraken. Um, I feel like down the line, he's going to be either a very good, uh, he's either going to be an average first line center or a very, very good second line center for the Kraken down the road. He does a bit of everything and does it really well. I think one of the main ob development objectives for him heading out of the draft and into a season at the University of Michigan was to put on weight and, and become more uh, more solid along the boards, win more uh, puck puck battles in in all areas of the ice and i think he's done a solid job of doing that so for me maddie beniers has set himself up the best in order to be the uh the front runner for the calder trophy 
again, it's early in the season. We're taking an early look right now to see how these different prospects are doing. There's a lot of time and a lot of runway for, for players to stand out. Uh, but for me, Veneers is, is the guy so far. Moving on to the second player I think has set himself up best. To me, that's Shane Pinto. Pinto has six goals and an assist in uh, nine games. He's got five even strength points. He's been averaging about 14 minutes of ice time a game. And what's really obvious about Shane Pinto's game is how good of a goal scorer he is, um, how outstanding he is defensively for his age as well. Um, he's already been he's already winning most of his faceoffs. He's at six, 56.9% in terms of faceoff winning percentage uh, so far on the season. He's also got a lot of D zone and, and neutral zone starts. Uh, so he's playing in dangerous situations for uh, the Ottawa Senators uh, so far this season. And the only thing that's really concerning in his play is that his play driving metric or subpar, or, or, or subpar he's not really up to up to par in terms of um, Corsi for Fenwick for expected goals for all the metrics that indicate that his team um, has possession and is doing good things with it when he's on the ice. It's sort of below average in a sense. So his opponents are creating more chances than his team when he's on the ice. That's why he's not the front runner for me. Otherwise, I'm a very big fan of what Shane Pinto has to bring to uh, an NHL team. Um, the amount of defensive acumen and, and goal scoring ability that he has, that combination is going to be really solid uh, as he grows into his frame, as he adds some layers to his deception uh, and, and manipulation game. Uh, he's going to be a very, very interesting prospect for uh, the Ottawa Senators moving forward. Now, that's my top two. I'm going to name you my third uh, my third player in the list for the Calder Trophy, and that is the goaltender from the Vegas Golden Knights, Logan Thompson. Thompson has played seven games so far for the for the Knights. He's pretty much taken the the starting role. He's got a 9.38 save percentage with a, a 1.73 goals against average so far through those seven games. He's got a 5-2 and 0 record for the Golden Knights. And if it weren't for the fact that he was 25, um, he would probably be the the front runner uh, for me in this race. I mean, what is done so far for the for the Golden Knights? has been pretty good, but I kind of don't want a Michael Bunting repeat where we're giving too much credit for to a 25-year-old based on status. I mean, technically speaking, yes, he is a rookie, but he's been playing professional hockey for a while already. Um, there's another there's another rookie netminder who has better stats than Thompson, which I'll mention later on, but I he's played four games so far, so I'm not really sort of too confident on that. If we're going to place a netminder in the top five for the Calder Trophy race so far it's going to be Logan Thompson based on merit he's just taken that he's forcibly taken that that starting netminder role and has done great things with it so far he's even got five goals scored uh, goals saved above expected so he's saving some very dangerous shots as well so far this season so he's doing really really well uh, and that's why I have him in my top three now for our fourth player in the rankings for the uh, Calder Trophy I've got Dylan Gunther Gunther to me has uh, grown with each game. Now he's got two goals, four assists, four assists for six points in eight games. Most of them, most of those have come on the power play. He's averaging about twelve minutes and thirty six seconds of uh, ice time a game. Um, but like I said, every game he looks more and more like an NHLer, and he's just he's such a good shooter. He's an outstanding stick handler. He's going to be a weapon on the power play for years to come, and I think he's already headed there right now with the Arizona Coyotes. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him end the season with, uh, you know, 20, 25 goals, 50 points, that kind of range of, of, of production. It's already off to a great start, and I think it's only going to go up from here. Uh, I, I predict great things for Dylan Gunther down the road. Um, now, he's going to – he's already, you know, kind of pretty bad at even strength. I think his expected goals for percentage was maybe 29 or 30 percent, something like that which means that the other team has 70% of expected goals when he's on the ice. So at even strength, is kind of rough, but it is the Coyotes. So, I mean, I wouldn't expect huge things from any player on that on that lineup uh, in terms of expected goals and team metrics. So I'm not too worried. Uh, for me, Gunther is in the race, and I think he's going to get better with as the games roll on. Um, he's picked it up already. I can feel that he's got some some more in him that he's that he's bringing out. Um, the cold start was kind of rough for him, but uh, the more you watch him, the more you see sort of the the outline of a very good prospect. Now, for the final player in the top five, for me, it's Kalen Addison uh, of the Minnesota Wild. He's got seven assists in ten games, um, only two even strength points. So five of his seven assists have come on the power play. He's been averaging eighteen minutes and nine seconds a game, uh, so playing quite a lot for for the Wild. His PDO has been terrible. So to give you a rundown of what PDO is, um, it's basically a stat that calculates. Uh, luck when you're on the ice so it's basically the team's on ice shooting percentage when you're there and the goalie safe percentage when you're there and you add those two metric and you you're supposed to get a number around one if you get lower than one um you're having bad luck either that your goalie's letting in muffins from the point or your teammates cannot for the life of them put the puck in the net or if you have something like a 1.2 pdo it's it's like every second shot's going in your goalie's making saves left and right when you're on the ice um his is at 0.889 so it's pretty rough um but he's above 50 percent in Corsi 4 fenwick 4 expected goals for scoring chances for versus against and hydrogen chances for versus against so he's driving play very nicely at five on five and he shines really bright on the power play as well which are sort of two different facets of the game completely these um these stats that i just mentioned these advanced stats do not take into account power play time it's only five on five so he's being He's doing great at five on five for his team and doing great on the power play. Uh, he's a great distributor. He makes great decisions from the point. I see great things in the future for Kalen Addison. I'm just not too sure um, how long he can keep this up. I mean, seven points in 10 games is pretty good for a, a rookie defenseman. I don't think he ends the season with uh, seven points in every 10 games, but he is off to a great start. And um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him climb into the top three if he keeps this going. Now, for our honorable mentions, for to close this off, we've got Stuart Skinner, who was the other netminder I wanted to mention. Um, he leads the league in goals against average and save percentage. He does. He has only played four games, though, so I really want to see a couple more games from him before I feel comfortable ranking him above Logan Thompson in the Calder Trophy race. Um, then we've got Cole Perfetti and Kent Johnson, who've both got three goals and three assists for six points in nine games each. And finally, Owen Power, who is the most utilized rookie um in the calder trophy race he's playing above 22 minutes he's got five assists in 10 games put him in there because he is the most used and and the most trusted by his team already so that rounds it up for the calder trophy race now coming up to more prospect news from around the nhl after this quick word from our sponsors do you like betting 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for any wager that interests you. From the NFL to the NBA to the MLB and even NCAA football, UFC, golf, anything you like, they have you covered. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game on their website or app. They're, of course, a great source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting. So you can keep up with the bets as they unfold. Uh, they've got up to the minute scores for every sport out there. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts. All right. So let's go through some of the storylines from the NHL's top prospects. Uh, starting off, uh, we're going to talk about Marco Rossi. Uh, the Minnesota Wild prospect who just earned his first NHL point versus the Habs on a goal by Kirill Kaprizov. Rossi's a great story. I mean, this is a player who a year ago had life-threatening complications from COVID, two years ago, rather, life-threatening complications from COVID. He missed a whole year. Then he comes back in, in the last season and absolutely dominates the AHL with the Iowa Wild. He scored 53 points in 63 games last season. And then he's finally this year getting his full-time shot at the NHL level. He's sharing ice time with Matt Boldy, with Kirill Kaprasov, with other very good players on the Wild. And he's looking great, despite the fact that he's only got one point in nine games. Um, so I'm really hopeful for what Rossi can bring. He's always been one of my favorite prospects. I love how defensively responsible he is on top of having uh, a high-end shot and and really, really good awareness. He's a, he's a shorter player, but he's really built like a stump. Like he's really difficult to move around and, and, and get off balance and stuff like that. He's very solid. Um, and he's just very feisty for, for a player of his size. You see a lot of, He's had a lot of fire in his game. He's he's barreling down on players. He's attacking the net. He's battling hard for pucks, that kind of thing. I mean, he he's a fighter, and he's it's been very clear so far for him from the what he's gone through to the the type of plays that he makes on a regular basis. It's just a matter of time before he gets his first NHL goal, and uh, I'm really hopeful for what the Wild have here in Marco Rossi. He's an excellent prospect. Moving on, we've got Trevor, Z- Trevor Zegras, who got fined $1,500 for slashing against the Sharks. But honestly, it was a spear right to the midsection. Um, it genuinely looked more like an attempt to neuter Matt Bennering than, than an attempt to slash him. Um, so he probably deserved some games for that, but he's a first-time offender and a rookie. Well, not a rookie. He's a, he's a sophomore, but he gets away with that, given the fact that he's a first-time offender. What's funny to me, though, is he ragged on Jay Beagle after a game where he and Troy Terry were pretty much targeted by Coyotes players throughout the game, uh, including Beagle, who uh, took a run at Troy Terry uh, during the game. That's what he was frustrated about was, um, you know, just after after hits, stuff like that, they would just linger on for, for an extra minute. Um, throw an extra hit after the whistle, stuff like that. I mean, he clearly doesn't like these antics. So I was kind of, I was very much surprised to see that from Degras, especially since this is a player who's supremely skilled. He's one of the most electrifying forwards in the league, if not the most electrifying. He's got six goals and two assists in 10 games so far on the season for the, for the Ducks. He doesn't need to do this. He's already got a spotlight on him with his Michigans and between the leg plays. He doesn't need to draw any more anger from opponents. They were already they're already on them. They've already got his their eye on him. I mean, this is not a player who needs to do this at all. He's got the skill level um, to already get under teammate uh, under opponent's skin with what he does on the ice. So 
you know, just play your game, get under their skin with what you're doing on the ice and, and let your play speak for itself. I just don't, I don't understand why Zegris did this. Um, I was angry when I was frustrated when uh, Brad Marchand did this. I was, I'm frustrated anytime I see any other player do this. It's a really dangerous play. It did deserve a fine. I think it deserved more. Um, I'm, I will definitely be frustrated when, when Trevor Zegers, who is one of the most supremely skilled prospects in the league does something like this. It's just not necessary and it's got not good for what people are going to associate with him and his type of player. For me, Zegers represents the new age. He represents electrifying, skilled, confident players who um, reject the status quo of, of conformity and, and, uh, and maturity in order to just go out there and have fun. And I think doing this stuff kind of puts a bad rep on the type of hockey that I would like to see moving forward. So a couple more storylines. First, a quick shout out to the Habs rookie defensemen, Caden Gooley and Jordan Harris. We're both logging over 20 minutes a game and doing a great job with that ice time. I'll preface this by saying that Gooley was ready last year. Gooley was already an NHL-ready defender uh, last season, but that extra year in the WHL really was essential. Um, he wa- he went from the Prince Albert Raiders, where he was sort of their main defensive guy, to the Edmonton Oil Kings, who were a very stacked king- team in the WHL, and um, he ended up exploring a lot of sides of his game. He was basically freed from his defensive shackles. Uh in, in that one trade, he started activating a bunch in the offensive zone. He started venturing below the faceoff dots to make plays in the offensive zone. Um, and that helped him sort of unlock a lot of creativity and composure. And um, he started scanning a lot more, being more calm with the puck and, and more confident with it. Um, that made him a better puck carrier going up the zone. That made him a better offensive weapon once he was in the zone. And that even made him a better defender because he wasn't throwing pucks up the boards the first chance he got. I, uh, that 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 composure, that calm, that 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 confidence on the puck that he developed in the offensive zone transferred to the defensive zone, and and made him a better breakout player. He would instead of throwing the pucks up to the boards, he would circle up behind the net, pause there for a second, evaluate his options, that kind of thing. And that really sort of you know, if Gooley doesn't spend that year in the in the WHL, that extra year, we don't see the same Caden Gooley than than we do this year. So that's always very good. And shout out to Jordan Harris, who's, you know, always been calm and composed under pressure, but he's really growing into his role with the Habs and forcing their hand. He was supposed to be one of the defenders on the rotation uh, once uh, once their injured veteran defenders, Joel Edmondson and Mike Matheson, returned to the top four. But I think Jordan Harris has, has forced himself in the top four and, and is there to stay. He's more confident on the puck than he was. He's one of the most active Ds from the in the league from the point right now. He, I've seen him chase Dumpins deep in the offensive zone and start the cycle for his team. So shout out to those two. They're doing a great job. Um, and now to finish up the segment, the segment, we go from two rookies who are among the most used players on their team to the single most underused prospect in the NHL, and that's Shane Wright. Wright is still stuck at six minutes and 50 a game on average. Um, as a comparison, Mark Kastelik is playing nine minutes a game for Ottawa. Um, this is a prospect who's just not allowed to play right now. Uh, he scratched half the time. The other half, he's spending on the bench looking at his team playing and losing a lot of games. So, I mean, even wilder than this, look at this stat. In the NHL right now, there are 25 rookies, including seven forwards, 
who have more than twice the ice time that Shane Wright does. Shane Wright's got 6.50 right now. I've counted 25 rookies who are at 13 minutes and 40 seconds or more a game on average. The seven forwards are Mason McTavish, Matias Michelli of the Arizona Coyotes, Matt, uh, Wyatt Johnston uh, from the Dallas Stars, Shane Pinto of the Ottawa Senators, who we mentioned before, Cole Perfetti, Matty Beniers, and Noah Cates of the Flyers. So seven forwards and uh, 18 defenders have more have more than twice the ice time that Shane Wright does right now, which to me, honestly, it's it's just not acceptable. I mean, you can't keep a player in your lineup and play him that little. Not only is it bad for him, especially of that age. I mean, I would I would be against this for any player. If you have a fourth liner, a 30-year-old fourth liner playing six minutes and 50 seconds a game, you're, re- you're wasting resources and you're putting a lot of weight on your other forwards That's and, and that's just unjust on them. Um, so regardless of the situation, regardless of who it is, I do not understand the principle of playing any player six minutes and 50 seconds, much less the most recent fourth overall pick of the 2022 NHL draft. Speaking of which, we'll take a look at which players from the 2022 draft are looking like early steals right after these messages. All right, so for our final segment of the day, a quick rundown of five players from the 2022 NHL draft who are looking like absolute steals. Some of these players have simply outperformed their expectations and improved their point-per-game rate from last year uh, in the same league, but others made the jump to the next level uh, in their respective leagues and are looking outstanding so far against older competition. So to start us off, we're going to look at a New Jersey Devils prospect, the second-round 46 overall pick of the 2022 draft, Seamus Casey. This is a small, skillful, right-handed defenseman who can skate really well and has outstanding passing. I really liked his game from day one, but there were some questions about hockey sense, about um, sort of hit-or-miss decisions under pressure. Um, He's also 5'10 and 170-ish pounds, so that's kind of why he slipped. Teams really rarely are confident in smallish demon, um, especially when they don't have generational-level talent. Um, That's why we saw Quinn Hughes get drafted high, but not a player like Seamus Casey. Um, Nine points in eight games so far for the University of Michigan. And the University of Michigan is a stacked team, and that might have contributed to the amount of points he has. But he is tied for first among Michigan's D-men. He's top 10 for points per game among NCAA defensemen for this year. Um, And in terms of uh, draft plus one players, uh, when I say things like draft plus one, draft plus two, that means any player who is in the year following their draft year, that would be draft plus one. So he gets drafted in 2022. The 2022-23 season is his draft plus one season, that kind of thing, just to explain. In his draft plus one season, his point per game rate of 1.13 is, is I, I believe, is top five in history since the, since the year 2000 uh, for the NCAA. You don't go any earlier than that because it's honestly a different era of hockey. Um, but in the modern era of, of NCAA hockey, Seamus Casey's having a top five season historically. He looks great, especially on the power play. He's just dominating the power play, making great decisions from the point, distributing very, very well, and taking the occasional shot that'll go in. Um, And he's outscoring Luke Hughes so far. Luke Hughes, who was uh, one of the top picks from 2021, who um, has always been good and and you know has been performing admirably for michigan he's got one more point than him in those eight games that michigan's played um 
So really, really good start for Seamus Casey. Now moving on from him, we've got Fraser Minton, the twenty, uh, the thirty eighth overall pick of the Toronto Maple Leafs in the second round. Uh, he's got three goals and seven assists for ten points in five games so far for the Kamloops Blazers. So he's off to a fiery start. He's big. He's physical. He's a really, really good goal scorer. Um, he's starting to make a lot of really smart plays. He's added a lot of playmaking flair to his game, and that's sort of what has made him. Um, sort of look like a steal so far um he's also adding layers to his thought process on the ice which i did not expect from him at all he's always been very good in sort of reactive situations when he has to respond to a loose puck or to receiving a pass in the slot he, he makes quick decisions and makes them really well but i hadn't seen him be this proactive and show this level of anticipation before it's it's next level this season for him um he sort of predicts his teammates routes his opponents routes he he compensates for that um by the just the right amount of delay or or firing a pass or accelerating a pass through a lane before it closes stuff like that he's very proactive and very uh good in terms of anticipation so far this year um, so those are the things that I think have improved the most in Fraser Minton's game and why he seems like a steal. For me, he wasn't anywhere near the 38th overall pick. So the fact that the Leafs picked him up early, um, according to many rankings, and he still looked this good, um, yeah, this looks like a steal. Moving on from Minton, we go to the Montreal Canadiens' 62nd overall pick in the second round of the 2022 draft, Lane Hudson. Now, if you know anything about me, I have always been a big fan of Lane Hudson. I've always thought that he was first-round talent, but it feels so good to have that confirmed now that he's in the NCAA. He's got three goals and five assists for eight points in seven games for Boston University. He is tied for first since the year 2000 in terms of points per game with Adam Fox. He's above Seamus Casey right now, who's also having a historical year. They're both way above... Uh, Quinn Hughes, who had 1.04 points per game in his draft plus one year, he has looked absolutely mind-blowingly good beyond just the score sheet. First off, he was 5'8 at the Combine, which was extremely small and extremely frail. He's already grown to 5'9, which is pretty promising. But now you can, and, and that's kind of why he slipped to 62. I don't think I can name you any other major reasons um, other than perhaps his skating not being ideal. I think his his pivoting does need some a, a lot of work in order to get to a proper level. But with the talent that he has, I mean, he's straight up been Boston University's best player so far as a freshman. He's electrifying with the puck. He's got crazy deeks. Um, he's showcased the unbelievable playmaking that he has. I mean, like I said, same draft plus one point per game pace as Adam Fox, uh, which is the best point per game pace in uh, modern history in the NCAA for a draft plus one player. So a player of that age. Yes, he does need defensive improvement, but his offensive talent is otherworldly. And to me, him slipping to 62 was a mistake in and of itself. And it just feels really good to have that confirmed with his place so far um, in the NCAA for Boston University. Now, for let's move into the third round. Now, we're past the second. Uh, the, the player from the third round that I think has looked like a steal so far for me is the 96th overall pick of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Jordan Dumet. Now, Dumais is leading the queue in scoring right now with uh, 12 goals and 15 assists for 27 points in 12 games for the Halifax Mooseheads. I'll say that again. 12 goals, 15 assists, 27 points in 12 games for the Halifax Mooseheads. He's looked even more manipulative in the offensive zone than he did last season. And that was already a strength of his. 
um, when he was run in the running for the QMJHL scoring title as a draft year player, which is extremely rare. Yes, he's 5'8 and 165 pounds, and he still can't skate very well, which is kind of an, an issue for me. But given the play that he's shown so far and what I've seen from him in the queue uh, so far this year, I mean, how can you not call this player a steal? Now, rounding out the top five players that I think are, are the biggest steals of the 2022 draft so far, uh, another Habs prospect, the fourth round, 127th overall pick of the Habs, Cédric Guédon. Now, Guédon is leading the Owen Sound attack with point in points with 18 points in 13 games, five goals and 13 assists. Simply put, he's the smartest player on the ice at all times. Um, he drags players towards him to open up space behind him. Um, he tricks defenders into pointing their stick one way and then passes the other. He'll wait them out really easily. He has area passes, give and goes, timely stick checks, all in his in his, uh, in his tool bag. He looks like a top fifty prospect in this in this draft easily, and he was picked outside of the top one hundred at one hundred and twenty seventh overall. So for me, it's a no brainer in his case. I think that the Habs got a really really good prospect here and. Um, I've done a video breakdown on his play on my personal YouTube channel. Um, I've, I'm a big fan. I really like what I see. He's a great goal scorer. He can. Um, he's always shown those smarts in his draft here. But I mean, watching him this year, it's it's been next level. So that rounds it out for the top five prospects from the 2022 draft that are already looking like steals. Um, and that rounds it out for today's episode. If you liked what you saw, make sure to like and subscribe. Follow us on all platforms and make sure to make Locked On NHL Prospects your first listen of the day. I've been Hattie Kalakesh and this has been Locked On NHL Prospects. I will see you tomorrow.